Section 25 of the Interpretation of Dreams. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tech Savvy. The Interpretation of Dreams by Sigmund Freud. Translated by A. A. Brill. Section 25 The Dream Work Condensation All other previous attempts to solve the problems of dreams have concerned themselves directly with the manifest dream content as it is retained in the memory. They have sought to obtain an interpretation of the dream from this content, or if they dispensed with an interpretation to base their conclusions concerning the dream on the evidence provided by this content. We, however, are confronted by a different set of data. For us, a new psychic material interposes itself between the dream content and the results of our investigations. The latent dream content, or dream thoughts, which are obtained only by our method. We develop the solution of the dream from this latent content, and not from the manifest dream content. We are thus confronted with a new problem, an entirely novel task, that of examining and tracing the relations between the latent dream thoughts and the manifest dream content and the processes by which the later has grown out of the former. The dream thoughts and the dream content present themselves as two descriptions of the same content in two different languages. Or, to put it more clearly, the dream content appears to us as a translation of the dream thoughts into another mode of expression whose symbols and laws of composition we must learn by comparing the origin with the translation. The dream thoughts we can understand without further trouble the moment we have ascertained them. The dream content is, as it were, presented in hieroglyphics, whose symbols must be translated one by one into the language of the dream thoughts. It would, of course, be incorrect to attempt to read these symbols in accordance with their values as pitches, instead of in accordance with their meaning as symbols. For instance, I have before me a picture, puzzle, rebus, a house, upon whose roof there is a boat, then a single letter, then a running figure, whose head has been omitted, and so on. As a critique, I might be tempted to judge this composition and its elements to be nonsensical. A boat is out of place on the roof of a house, and a headless man cannot run. The man, too, is larger than the house, and if the whole thing is meant to represent a landscape, the single letters have no right in it, since they do not occur in nature. A correct judgment of the picture puzzle is possible only if I make no such objections to the whole and its parts, 
and if on the contrary i take the trouble to replace each image by syllable or word which it may represent by virtue of some allusion or relation the words thus put together are no longer meaningless but might constitute the most beautiful and pregnant aphorism now a dream is such a picture puzzle and our predecessors in the art of dream interpretation have made the mistake of judging the rebus as an artistic composition as such of course it appears nonsensical and worthless a condensation the first thing that becomes clear to the investigator when he compares the dream content with the dream thoughts is that a tremendous work of condensation has been accomplished the dream is meagre paltry and laconic in comparison with the range and copiousness of the dream thoughts the dream when written down fills half a page the analysis which contains the dream thoughts requires six eight twelve times as much space the ratio varies with different dreams but in my experience it is always of the same order as a rule the extent of the compression which has been accomplished is underestimated owing to the fact that the dream thoughts which have been brought to light are believed to be the whole of the material whereas a continuation of the work of interpretation would reveal still further thoughts hidden in the dream we have already found it necessary to remark that one can never be really sure that one has interpreted a dream completely even if the solution seems satisfying and flawless it is always possible that yet another meaning has been manifested by the same dream thus the degree of condensation is strictly speaking indeterminable exception may be taken and at first sight the objection seems perfectly plausible to the assertion that the disproportion between dream content and dream thoughts justifies the conclusion that a considerable condensation of psychic material occurs in the formation of dreams for we often have the feeling that we have been dreaming a great deal all night and have then forgotten most of what we have dreamed the dream which we remember on waking would thus appear to be merely a remnant of the dream work which would surely equal the dream thoughts in range if only we could remember it completely to a certain extent this is undoubtedly true there is no getting away from the fact that a dream is most accurately reproduced if we try to remember it immediately after waking and that the recollection of it becomes more and more defective as the day goes on on the other hand it has to be recognized that the impression that we have dreamed a good deal more than we are able to reproduce is very often based on illusion the origin of which we shall explain later on moreover the assumption of a condensation and the dream work is not affected by the possibility of forgetting a part of dreams for it may be demonstrated by the multitude of ideas pertaining to those individual parts of the dream which do remain in the memory 
if a large part of the dream has really escaped the memory we are probably deprived of access to a new series of dream thoughts we have no justification for expecting that those portions of the dream which have been lost should likewise have referred only to those thoughts which we know from the analysis of the portions which have been preserved in view of the very great number of ideas which analysis elicits for each individual element of the dream content the principal doubt in the minds of many readers will be whether it is permissible to count everything that subsequently occurs to the mind during analysis as forming part of the dream thoughts in other words to assume that all these thoughts have been active in the sleeping state and have taken part in the formation of the dream is it not more probable that new combinations of thoughts are developed in the course of analysis which did not participate in the formation of the dream to this objection i can give only a conditional reply it is true of course that separate combinations of thoughts make their first appearance during the analysis but one can convince oneself every time this happens that such new combinations have been established only between thoughts which have already been connected in other ways in dream thoughts the new combinations are so to speak corollaries short circuits which are made possible by the existence of other more fundamental modes of connection in respect of the great majority of groups of thoughts revealed by analysis we are obliged to admit that they have already been active in the formation of the dream for if we work through a succession of such thoughts which at first sight seem to have played no part in the formation of the dream we suddenly come upon a thought which occurs in the dream content and is indispensable to its interpretation but which is nevertheless inaccessible except through this chain of thoughts the reader may here turn to the dream of the botanical monograph which is obviously the result of an astonishing degree of condensation even though i have not given the complete analysis but how then are we to imagine the psychic condition of the sleeper which precedes dreaming do all the dream thoughts exist side by side or do they pursue one another or are there several simultaneous trains of thought proceeding from different centers which subsequently meet i do not think it is necessary at this point to form a plastic conception of the psychic condition at the time of dream formation but let us not forget that we are concerned with unconscious thinking and that the process may easily be different from that which we observe in ourselves in deliberate contemplation accompanied by consciousness the fact however is irrefutable that dream formation is based on a process of condensation how then is this condensation affected now 
if we consider that of the dream thoughts a certain only the most restricted number are represented in the dream by means of one of their conceptual elements we might conclude that the condensation is accomplished by means of omission inasmuch as the dream is not a faithful translation or projection point by point of the dream thoughts but a very incomplete and defective reproduction of them this view as we shall soon perceive is a very inadequate one but for the present let us take it as a point of departure and ask ourselves if only a few of the elements of the dream thoughts make their way into the dream content what are the conditions that determine their selection in order to solve this problem let us turn our attention to those elements of the dream content which must have fulfilled the condition for which we are looking the most suitable material for this investigation will be a dream to whose formation a particularly intense condensation has contributed i select the dream cited in chapter five of the botanical monograph dream content i have written a monograph upon a certain indeterminate species of plant the book lies before me i am just turning over a folded colored plate a dried specimen of the plant is bound up in this copy as in a herbarium the most prominent element of this dream is the botanical monograph this is derived from the impressions of the dream day i had actually seen a monograph on the genus cyclamen in a bookseller's window the mention of these genus is lacking in the dream content only the monograph and its relation to botany have remained the botanical monograph immediately reveals its relation to the work on cocaine which i once wrote from cocaine the train of thought proceeds on the one hand to a fest schrift and on the other to my friend the occultist dr Kleinstein, who was partly responsible for the introduction of cocaine as a local anesthetic moreover dr Kleinstein is connected with the recollection of an interrupted conversation i had had with him on the previous evening and with all sorts of ideas relating to the remuneration of the medical and surgical services among colleagues this conversation then is the actual dream stimulus the monograph on a cyclamen is also a real incident but one of an indifferent nature as i now see the botanical monograph of the dream proves to be a more common mean between the two experiences of the day taken over unchanged from an indifferent impression and bound with the physically significant experience by means of the most copious associations not only the combined idea of the botanical monograph however but also each of its separate elements botanical and monograph penetrates farther and farther by manifold associations into the confused tangle of the dream thoughts to botanical belong the recollections of the person of professor gartner german 
Gardner is equivalent to Gardner. Of his blooming wife. Of my patient, whose name is Flora. And of a lady concerning whom I told the story of the forgotten flowers. Gardner again leads me to the laboratory and the conversation with Kohenstein and the allusion to the two female patients belongs to the same conversation. From the lady with the flowers a train of thoughts branches off to the favorite flowers of my wife, whose other branch leads to the title of the hastily seen monograph. Further botanical recalls an episode at the gymnasium, and a university examination, and a fresh subject, that of my hobbies, which was broached in the above-mentioned conversation, is linked up by means of what is humorously called my favorite flower, the artichoke, with the train of thoughts proceeding from the forgotten flowers behind artichoke there lies on the one hand a recollection of italy and on the other a reminiscence of a scene of my childhood in which i first formed an acquaintance which has since then grown so intimate with books botanical then is a veritable nucleus and for the dream the meeting point of many trains of thought which i can testify had all really been brought into connection by the conversation referred to here we find ourselves in a thought factory in which as in the weaver's masterpiece the little shuttles to and fro fly and the threads unnoted flow one throw links up a thousand threads monograph in the dream again touches two themes the one-sided nature of my studies and the costliness of my hobbies the impression derived from this first investigation is that the elements botanical and monograph were taken up into the dream content because they were able to offer the most numerous points of contact with the greatest number of dream thoughts and thus represented nodal points at which a great number of the dream thoughts met together and because they were of manifold significance in respect of the meaning of the dream the fact upon which this explanation is based may be expressed in another form every element of the dream content proves to be over determined that is it appears several times over in the dream thoughts we shall learn more if we examine the other components of the dream in respect of their occurrence in the dream thoughts the colored plate refers cf the analysis in chapter five to a new subject the criticism passed upon my work by colleagues and also to a subject already represented in the dream my hobbies and further to a memory of my childhood in which i pull to pieces a book with colored plates 
the dried specimen of the plant relates to my experience with the herbarium at the gymnasium and gives this memory particular emphasis thus i perceive the nature of the relation between the dream content and the dream thoughts not only are the elements of the dream determined several times over by the dream thoughts but the individual dream thoughts are represented in the dream by several elements starting from an element of the dream the path of the association leads to a number of dream thoughts and from a single dream thought to several elements of the dream in the process of dream formation therefore it is not the case that a single dream thought or a group of dream thoughts supplies the dream content with an abbreviation of itself as its representative and that the next dream thought supplies another abbreviation as its representative much as representatives are elected from among the population but rather that the whole mass of the dream thoughts is subjected to a certain elaboration in the course of which those elements that receive the strongest and completest support stand out in relief so that the process might perhaps be likened to election by the scrutin du list whatever dream i may subject to such a dissection i always find the same fundamental principle confirmed that the dream elements have been formed out of the whole mass of the dream thoughts and that every one of them appears in relation to the dream thoughts to have a multiple determination it is certainly not superfluous to demonstrate this relation of the dream content to the dream thoughts by means of a further example which is distinguished by a particularly artful intertwining of reciprocal relations the dream is that of a patient whom i am treating for claustrophobia fear of enclosed spaces it will soon become evident why i feel myself called upon to entitle this exceptionally clever piece of dream activity End of section 25